So the dead Kennedys there with Holiday in Cambodia. Uh, and that's that's me done for the day. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're handing over to the Wonder Show now. Uh, I'm going to leave you with the news and hopefully we'll see you next week with Ben. Thanks for listening. Live from the University of Manchester Students' Union, this is the Fuse News. Hi, I'm Morgan Holland, bringing you today's top stories on Fuse Holland, bringing you today's top stories on Fuse FM. Sainsbury's Chief Executive, Justin King, is claiming that the current horsemeat scandal isn't as big a problem as it seems. Only 1% of products tested by the Food Standard Agency contain horsemeat, but with horse DNA being found in food sold to 47 schools in Lancashire, the FSA says the problem is far from over. However, the scandal was far from the minds of most people last night, with asteroid 2012 DA14 skimming past the Earth at around half past seven. The asteroid was as large as an Olympic swimming pool and was closer to Earth than the satellites used for GPS devices, but not at risk of hitting the Earth. A bit closer to home now, and as part of Student Action for Refugees Week, the Manchester branch is planning to install a cage in the Students' Union foyer from Monday as part of a nationwide campaign to end detention. Members of STAR are volunteering to sit alone in the cage for hours on end with only the bare necessities to raise awareness. Also in local news, a band from Manchester has persuaded Hollywood actor Idris Elba to direct the new music video. The band, known as The Last Party, met the star backstage in London over the weekend and told him how their video was a statement against talent shows. The star is said to have loved the idea and volunteered to produce and direct it. A bit more entertainment news now, and London band Coldplay have joined forces with Oxfam as part of a land grab awareness campaign. Land grabbing is a problem in developing countries where banks, governments or rich individuals buy huge pots of land, which is damaging for those who live there. The band is releasing an acoustic version of their track, In My Place, to raise awareness. And finally, scientists at the University of Cornell, New York, have published an academic paper on the physics of mosh pits, comparing the pits found at many concerts to the kinetics of gaseous particles. I'm from Morgan Hollett, keeping you up to date with today's headlines. If you'd like to comment on any of today's stories, tweet us at BSFM News or go to our Facebook page. Fuse FM. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the... Uh, well, well, it's uh, John with you, with us here, and Isis, my co-presenter, for the first time this week. Hello. Was, uh, and uh, you're listening to Fuse FM uh, and The Wonder Show. Uh, it's the second show we've had of the series, and uh, where we have new and interesting topic each week. And today's topic is attraction. Uh, since it's going in with Valentine's, which is on Thursday. So we're going to be talking about the physical aspects, the mental aspects, the straight attraction, gay attraction, and everything in between. Uh, we've also got an interview lined up with Kurt Conda uh, about the latest research into attraction. He's a licensed therapist from Seattle, and he's even been asked to go on radio and TV in America. Uh, we, we want to know... Yeah, and ICE is on from Seattle as well, I forgot to mention. And, uh, yeah, so we want to know uh, things such as uh, what did you find love on Valentine's? Was it a good one? And uh, what type of people did you go for? So feel free to get in touch. There's many, many ways to get in touch. Uh, there's our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash thewondershow1. Uh, there's also the main Fuse FM page, which is www.facebook.com slash Fuse FM Manchester. Uh, there's twitter.com uh, slash Fuse FM. Uh, you can also message us through the Fuse FM website, which you'll see if you go onto Fuse FM slash listen. Uh, you can also text Fuse plus your message to 077 Um And I think you can phone us. Can we do phone calls? I think so. 
Yeah, you can also phone us and Isis will be taking your calls on 01618. 209832. Um, and if you know me personally or ISIS, you can also uh, obviously just contact us. Um, the, all those details are on the website as well. So uh, if you've missed any of that, then you can find those details there. And uh, you can also listen on the mobile site, apparently. Uh, so we'll be right uh, with you after this song. Specialising uh, in marriage and family therapy. He has his own uh, psychology podcast called Psychology in Seattle on iTunes, and he's a faculty member at York University. He's also a local celebrity in Seattle, uh, being invited as a guest onto uh, radio shows and television, even. Uh, how are you doing, Kirk? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you, yes. Um, so, as you know, we're talking about attraction today. The first question I was wondering is, uh, do you really think we can say that one person's attractive when people seem to vary so much in what they find define as attractive? You know, people seem to have different types, don't they? Yes, it's very true. Scientists like to make generalizations about the you know entire population, and the problem is is that when you talk to individuals, they often will disagree with that research, regardless of what the topic is. And finding out what people find to be attractive is highly individual. But when scientists look at large populations, they sometimes find themes. Would you basically say that some people could be generally regarded as more attractive than others, or really that just sort of doesn't exist as such? Well, when you look at, again, large populations, there are themes that emerge. There are certain traits that, in general, people find attractive. Now, for instance, in today's Western culture, we find thin people to be more attractive to larger people, shall we say. And that's only true now in the past and or in other cultures that is not true uh, because it's a socially constructed trait uh, of attractiveness. Scientists find that uh, in general, people find thin people to be attractive now. Is that to say that there aren't a lot of individuals who find bigger people to be attractive? So, But there are general themes that seem to emerge when you look at big groups of people. I know I have one friend who uh, she finds hunky rugby players attractive, you know, very tall, sort of six foot five, uh, very, very heavy and muscly as it were. So, yeah, I definitely see what you mean there. Uh, and that was the uh, first part of the interview we've just had with Kirk. And uh, I also forgot to mention we have uh, a Christina Newman in here who's uh, going to be offering her opinion because the, a lot of the research is rather controversial. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, okay. You were saying uh, during that, weren't you, about uh, <laughs> a certain minority, you know, yes. well, I think, I think they're a minority, I think I can say that. Uh, would, you <laughs> yes, like to explain, would you like to explain what you were saying? Um, I was talking about the people who, there are quite a few programmes about it on TV, um, the people who pay like hundreds of pounds and dollars to have extremely large ladies sitting on them because they get a sexual thrill from that. Well, we mustn't judge. There's all, all different types of, uh, <laughs> you know, ways that people uh, become sexually turned on. <laughs> uh, and, oh, we've just had a, a guy called Craig get in touch saying uh, that he likes blonde women, which uh, I'll be explaining why in a little bit. Uh, it's very, very interesting uh, why people generally prefer blondes over uh, brunettes. Uh, so now we're going to go uh, to the. Uh, now we're going to go to Taylor Swift, and you belong with me. And uh, that was uh, Taylor Swift we've just had on, and uh, now we're going to go uh, back with Kirk again.
talking about evolutionary perspective and trying to be careful not to be too simplistic here, but would you say that the um, reason that, I know we've talked about common traits in that, and we've also talked about people having different types, would you say that uh, one evolutionary purpose of people having different types is perhaps to promote genetic variation, uh, you know, perhaps so if there's an illness not to wipe everyone out, or is that not really the purpose of it? Well, whenever we talk about evolution and we talk about human behavior, it gets difficult because we're very quirky creatures and we have very quirky behaviors. And there's theories that are emerging and, and some theories seem to have some empirical support and some don't. Evolutionary uh, psychology is a emerging field that it, it's still developing. Um, and there are some theories, you know, that say, well, we're attracted to certain traits because they are markers for biological success or reproductive success. But it, it doesn't really, in my view, seem to be very sound yet, the research, because, for instance, you know, t today in the Western society, again, we find, you know, heterosexual men will find thin women to be attractive. Well, 400 years ago in Europe, they found Rubenesque women to be very attractive and, and thin women to be unattractive. But, but in general, I would say that we are geared to some extent to look for clues of uh, sexual reproductive success in our, in our mates and, and how that matches up. It, it could be that we have a template of traits that seem to be associated that are hardwired into our brain with sexual reproductive success but that society will shape those traits to some extent. Earlier in the show, we are discussing uh, sort of stereotypes, uh, generally what men look for in women, and as you were saying before, men generally look for thin women or young and attractive women, and women generally seem to go for resourceful men who are also quite strong, back to what I was saying about the rugby player thing. Yeah, um, right. And with, with homosexual men, what sort of uh, men would they tend to go for? Would they tend to go for other young, attractive men, or would they be more likely to go for sort of the strong, resourceful men? Well, again, you know, it's hard to generalize because there's so much variability within these populations. And I'll say that the research in this area is very limited. My suspicion is that there's still a fair amount of oppression of homosexuals, of queer people in our society, and uh, psychology is no exception to that. There was one uh, research study that I found that uh, a 2010 study found that homosexual men demonstrated stronger preferences for masculinity in male faces than did all other groups, than did heterosexual women. And homosexual women demonstrated stronger preferences for masculinity in female faces. Oh, okay, so what you're saying is, is that both uh, homosexual women and homosexual men would go for quite masculine faces in, in the gender that they, that they sort of fancy, as it were. That's right. Now, again, we're talking about a generalization that is found among a large group of people. Are there people within that group that prefer very feminine faces, of course, yes. Yes, because, I mean, I've met people myself, you know, and as I said, there's huge variation in the types of people they sort of go for. And uh, now we're going to be playing uh, Good Girls Go Bad by Cobra Starship. Manchester's, Manchester's number one student radio station, Fuse FM. FM.
Uh, sorry, I just had some slight technical glitches there. Apparently the uh, blue microphone doesn't work. Uh, anyway, uh, so we thought we'd talk about the first bit of uh, research now uh, in terms of physical traits. And uh, the first one is, is that uh, people as a society, gen people generally seem to prefer gender exaggerated features. Now, there's a huge variety of different models. But, uh, as you'll see with a lot of models, and especially male models, they'll tend to have very defined features and uh, very defined jawlines, and women will often have quite big breasts. I mean, you only need to look at Jordan, for example. Um, so, uh, that's the first factor. I mean, there's three main factors. Uh, the second factor is facial symmetry, as I'm sure many of you have heard. Um, people who have... Uh, people who have... Uh, facial symmetry, uh, good facial symmetry. It's a sign of good genes. And, uh, and then finally, as I was uh, talking about earlier, people do, there are, is a slight um, preference for blondes, believe it or not, and uh, the reason for this is very strange. Blonde people have ever so slightly lighter skin tone than brunettes, so if they have a disease, it's more likely to show up in their skin, and so the reason people prefer blondes over brunettes, it's true, girls, the people, <laughs> sorry, they're just both laughing, and so the, the reason people prefer blondes is because um, unlike brunettes can deceive you, they can have an infectious disease, which you could potentially catch, and they can hide it slightly easier. Is this easier. like an evolutionary thing? Because I, <laughs> I don't look at blondes and go, that guy, <laughs> he's a healthy one. And, and to be honest, because this is why I wanted uh, Christina here, because uh, she's, she's not looked at all the attraction research unlike us two. And uh, I think a lot of this research is quite controversial, especially the huge individual differences, as Kirk has been saying in the interview. And so uh, what do you think, Christina? Do you think, do you prefer blondes like people with very symmetrical faces and prefer very manly faces? No, not all. I think hair colour is really, it's one of those things that there are some people out there who do prefer a certain type of hair colour, but I mean, hair colour, it's just hair colour to me. So, I like blondes. <laughs> oh, there you, you see, you see. <laughs> with blue eyes, just saying. I think John just blushed. <laughs> Thanks, for that, Ben. <laughs> so, Ben, as a male, what do what do you think? Do you do you think the, these physical traits of attraction are, are are all spot on, or is it not quite right for you? Um, I I don't really know actually. I mean, like, okay, I I can understand like the symmetry, facial symmetry sort of thing, um, especially with women, um, but. When it comes to more, well, when it comes to men, I suppose um, you've got people like, um, okay, first one off the top of my head is uh, Stephen Fry, who's got the broken nose, and as a result, it's quite an asymmetrical <laughs> face. Yes. Um, and, you know, people do, well, I think people probably find him attractive. Stephen Fry is quite attractive. I have yeah. no idea who that is. You have to get Stephen. Sorry, everyone. You have to. You have to come say with us. She comes from Seattle, so she doesn't know many of these major UK celebrities. Don't know anything really. Um, on the over-exaggerated thing, I think maybe when was this research done? Actually, because uh, maybe a lot of it from the nineties. Yeah, maybe it's like an excuse my non-PCness, older person thing. Because like now, over-exaggerated maleness. I would think of someone who's like quite has a lot of hair on their chest or like has an Adam's apple or like whatever like really defined male and I would just not think that's very hot. 
I must admit, I know a lot of people say when it does get to extremes, such as Arnold Schwarzenegger type messiness, they all say that's yeah. not attractive. Yeah. So I think there's a balance in everything, definitely. Does anyone find Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> Schwarzenegger. That one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. If anyone find, if anyone out there who's listening finds Arnold Schwarzenegger attractive, then please get in touch. Uh, so we're going to go now. Uh, Oh, we, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we'll go, for, we'll go with the uh, final part of the interview with Kirk and then we'll go into our next song, which is... Kirk Justin... from Seattle, might yeah. I add. Ooh, <laughs> West Coast. Um, and so we're going to be going, uh, and then we'll be listening to Justin Bieber, Boyfriend. Some claim that, attra- some claim that attractive people are more successful. I mean, uh, well, there's even been some research to support this. Would you say that's true? And would you, would, have you seen experience of it of yourself? Um, and why would you think that would be the case? Well, yes, research does seem to show that attractive people are more successful. And I think if you mean by successful, they get paid more, tend to be healthier, these sorts of things. You know, our society oppresses various different groups of people, and one of the groups of people it oppresses is people that are unattractive. If you were born with a certain way of, of looking that is considered unattractive in our society, then people are going to treat you differently. They're not going to be as nice to you. They're not going to hire you as quickly. You know, they're not going to smile at you as much, regardless of how you treat them. And um, that's really unfortunate. And you can imagine, say, if you were unattractive and you were systematically treated poorly over time, you would just develop a bad attitude about people. And, and then you have a bad, atti- bad attitude towards others. And it's sort of a feedback loop. Sounds horrible to say, but it's almost like what you're saying is, is that in the same way that maybe people who are disabled have been discriminated against. Right. They, they have done experiments that have been on TV that I've seen where you take a, an attractive person and have them go into a coffee shop and interact with people and, you know, in a, get interviewed for a job. Live and then you put the them University in a fat suit and you put pimples Union. on their face and you have them this do the exact the same news. thing and say the exact same things and they get treated completely differently. And it's because our society likes to oppress particular groups of people and unattractive Live people are from one the of those University groups, of Manchester. Yeah, uh, it's been great doing this, so thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And if you've just tuned into the show, we've interviewed Kurt Condor, who's a licensed therapist and local celebrity in Seattle, all about attraction. <laughs> oh, no. Hang on. So, uh, Kel- a girl called uh, Kelly's just commented, uh, saying that uh, she finds uh, Stephen Fry attractive because uh, basically he's intelligent. And uh, this is actually a type of sexuality called sapiosexuality. And uh, it's, it's, I don't know quite where it fits in terms of the other sexualities, but uh, yeah, there you go. What do you think about that, girls? Are you attracted to people because of their intelligence? Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I could give examples, <laughs> but I won't. But yeah, no, intelligence is good. Not too intelligent, though. I don't want to look stupid. And I guess not, not having the nerdy traits either. No, I love nerdy people. Mm, They're do. so cute. Do. Don't you? Oh, yeah. Like that awkwardness. Mm, I love socially awkward guys. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, moving on. <laughs> After this, uh, we're going to be playing uh, Justin Bieber Boyfriend. Uh, and then uh, we'll be on with the show. I swear we already said that. But, so now we're going to be going on to our next piece of research. Uh, where... 
there's been seven features that uh, seem that uh, psychologists have come up with to try and identify why people get Wait, together. Wait, I'm going the- to interrupt. Oh, okay. Yeah, because someone commented <laughs> us saying, "I don't know, man. A girl with a beard is sort of a deal breaker for me." Now, when we say exaggerated features, <laughs> we mean to their own sex. So a girl should not have a beard. It would be like big boobs. I don't know, big eyelashes. Big hair. I don't really know. Just yeah, not not a big beard. That's not okay. But yes, go go, John. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Please elaborate on that. Uh, What's his name? That is a question. (laughs) Um, Which? I'm gonna screw Um, it up. I'm Udoma. Yeah. Ah, oh, is that right? Is that okay? Brilliant. Right. Sorry. So, if you could please Mr. elaborate on that, then that would be brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, on on with this next piece of research. Uh, psychologists who have been all beaving away have tried to identify seven different things that come up with physical attractiveness. <laughs> uh, f- physical attractiveness come up with attraction, and one of these, and only one of the seven, is actually physical attractiveness. So, this is why I think it's very important to come on to all the other aspects. The second thing is commitment. People need to be committed in a relationship. But we're talking about attractiveness. Tell me these other things. Which I'm talking The other seven. Well, I am. The second one's commitment. Oh. (laughs) Commitment is an attractive feature. Yeah. I don't know. If people are Well, committed, obviously, I guess, because if people aren't committed and they don't see you and they cheat on you, then that's not really going to help the relationship. The way I would think about attractiveness is kind of like the first kind of attractedness. So the attraction rather than... Like the relationship. I'm mm-hmm. thinking like of the attraction and commitment. Like, how does that play in? Well, Elaborate, actually, I, well, there is, there is one way it plays in, actually. Um, guys, uh, for like uh, girls who sleep around a lot, if they just want to have sex with them, if they want to have a relationship with a girl, the research has shown that guys actually like girls who don't, you know, who, who aren't known to be, so we say sluts as they call them. <gasps> that, That's yeah, not t- very PC. Oh, sorry. Well, I, yeah, that, you, you know what I mean. Uh, and then the third one Promiscuous. Is, uh, Promiscuous. Promiscuous. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, I'm not always the best with words. Uh, and, then, and then the third one uh, is sexual passion. Um, this is different from physical attractiveness because you can find someone physically attractive like um, Isis could find other girls physically attractive, but as she's heterosexual, she wouldn't want to have sex with them. So there's sexual passion. Um, and uh, then the fourth one is proximity. Um, this is kind of obvious, I guess. If you're near someone a lot of the time, then I guess that's like Marmite. You'll either grow to love them or you hate them. But if you grow to love them, then uh, it works very well, and that's a factor as well. Willingness to share information. Uh, apparently, well, if you... Uh, there is a special name for this, but I'm afraid I can't remember. If uh, someone could get in touch letting me know, that would be great. Because it's basically, if you're more willing to share personal information... Communicating? No, it's, it's different. It's actually sharing personal and deep information. It's, uh, there's a model on it, and it's basically like an onion. Um, you, you go into deeper and deeper layers, and the more, the more sh- you share with people, and the Opening more deeper up, stuff. Exactly. Blossoming that, that, together. That enhances Aww. emotional connections and is definitely a factor in relationships. Like when people say, you need to be honest with me. You need to tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what the problem is. You know, don't just say nothing all the time. I hate when people say you need to tell me what I'm thinking. Like, I'm thinking it. If I wanted it to be said, I'd say it out loud. Stop invading my head. 
Like right that. now, right now, all I can think of is that scene from Shrek where he says <laughs> to Donkey. I was thinking that as well. I was ogres are that like well. onions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Well, th- there's a special name for the model, but I couldn't find it, and it basically is almost like an onion kind of model. <laughs> and then uh, we're, we're nearly done with these seven. The blunder... Of- oh, yes? What is that? Oh, blunder no, effect. I was, was showing my excitement. Blunder effect's a really interesting one. Um, if any of you have watched the film Transformers, it shows it beautifully. Um, basically, it's where you're both together and the, there's a stimulus of some kind that causes you to, you know, uh, react in a certain way. So you, your heart might start beating because you're running away. You're both running away from a monster, for example. Or <laughs> As you do. <laughs> Absolutely. That all the time. Uh, Casual so, Fridays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you'll be, you'll be running away or, or you'll be scared or anxious for some reason. Or there'll be, you know, a heightened emotional connection. And instead of attributing that emotional to the stimulus um, you actually attribute it to each other and you you basically think you know gosh you know this person's making my heart beat <laughs> not you know yeah, heartbeat exactly heart, heart race yes heart, heart race. race do you know I didn't realise that there <laughs> my heartbeat I just got that I didn't realise that there was like a name for this blunder effect I used to call it the Cinderella syndrome cause Aww. like when a girl feels like she's been rescued, she like falls in love with the person, even if she actually really hates them. But then it's the Cinderella syndrome. I think it goes better. Yeah, uh, well that's the- The blunder effect. I feel like I'm going into like a, a blunder. It's not very <laughs> nice. Um, and well, uh, yeah, so that's, that's that one. And <laughs> John's like, all right, Isis. Well, I've just realised that I may have made a mistake here because I've what? got a uh, blunder effect and uh, misattribution. Uh, mis- ad- how do you say that? Attribution. Misattribution. It's actually misattribution. I'm very sorry. It's actually misattribution that was one I've just talked about, not the blunder effect. It's probably blunder why effect. you've never heard of it, Isis. Um, I still haven't heard of misattribution either, but uh, okay. keep going. Well, the actual blunder effect uh, is basically where if you're with someone someone who's always perfect and everything they do is right and they never get anything wrong. It's very annoying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but it's counterintuitive. You think, I want to be with the perfect guy and I want them, you know, to do everything right, but actually you don't. When they make a mistake, and it's not even a jealousy thing, it's not even like, ha, you got it wrong, you know, you're on my level. It's not that. It's it's kind of cute. People find it cute when people make mistakes. This is what the research says. What, What do you two think about that? Yeah, I definitely agree. When, when guys make cute little mistakes, I think that I attractive. Definitely. But I also think it has to do with kind of how they're going to be perfect, you know? If, they're, it, if it just comes naturally and they're very, like, casual about it, then, like, you probably wouldn't notice. But then if they're like, mm. meh, you're wrong, and I'm right all the time, then you're like, well, fuck off. Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bad off, bye. Uh, just apologising for that uh, swear word there. Sorry about that. If uh, anyone's been offended, we do apologise. Um, and anyway, I think it's a good time now to go on to another song. Uh, and we're going to be uh, playing Happy Together by Simple Plan. Fuse FM. So uh, now we're going to be going on to some facts, um, which are quite interesting, I definitely think so. 
there's first one is physical attractiveness uh, has been shown by research to be assessed in one seventh of a second. And I, as Isis was saying during the song, she doesn't really think like that. Um, but I think it's largely unconscious, so we don't actually realise they're doing it. Um, but then whether you decide to sleep with them or not, and this is the conscious part, is assessed within about 15 to 20 seconds. Um, For who? Who are these people deciding to sleep with <laughs> well, people 20 uh, seconds after they meet them? Well, if you need a reference, it's uh, David D'Angelo, who uh, does seminars all around the world, and he's uh, come up with these. Maybe he's got a bit of a Freud problem, and all that goes on <laughs> in his head is not PG-13. Well, this one's going to blow your mind, people. 10% of babies brought up in British households uh, think that their mummy and daddy is their mummy and daddy, but it turns out that not one of them is not actually their biological parents because the mother has gone, sleeps around. Has gone and sleeps around with uh, another person, and it's so many cases that people just don't know. And it, you can see this on the Jeremy Kyle show uh, with the fact, you know, so, so many people go with the tip. I'm sorry, I love Jeremy Kyle. Average people have six sexual partners in their life. Yep, that's another one. Like, Only six. what, where? Like, is that a UK statistic? These, these, these are, that's actually an American statistic. Um, but American, I've checked, I've checked to see how concordant it is, and the American research and UK research is quite similar. But then I've also got some global facts here, and the record number of uh, children a woman's ever had is 89 babies. Now, I think the way she achieved this is by having lots of twins and triplets and God knows how Yeah, probably. Else. And uh, the record for a man... Do you want to say Isis? Because I can't believe this. 888 children. I don't even remember the names. Well, I don't think he cared. Yeah, I, I, I suppose the difference with men is that, well, we don't have to have the babies. We're continuously sexually active, whereas... Was, was this guy, by any chance, the father of this, the record woman's children? Because <laughs> <laughs> Justin that would have knocked out, you know, a lot. I, I have no idea, to be honest. I, I'll try and find out maybe for next week. Um, so, yeah, there you go. And also, um, there's, uh, this is uh, another one. Um, women are ten times better at reading body language than men, um, which is why, uh, as you two, um, and Isis got a point as well, um, as you two probably, well, I've heard Isis say it, certainly, that some guys can just seem so, well, so stupid that, you know, girls are so much better at reading body language that, you know, they just can't help themselves but be rude about it. Um, would you two agree that you, you would class yourselves as being ten times better at reading body language than guys? I think so, yeah. But I think it's because... It could be that women overanalyze things. Mm, and I think men like to ignore it because they... Deliberately. Yeah, so they don't feel like they're being, like, shot down. Yeah. And I actually think with this piece of research, I'd love to know how they operationalize ten times better. Uh, because it could be that they picked up on ten times more facts. As you say, it might not be that they're all right. And I do think it it's... It could just micro-expressions. Mm, exactly. Um, and also another one: seven percent of communication occurs with language. Ninety-three percent occurs with uh, body language and voice tone. Um, what do you? Who's think the about? guy? Who's the guy who did that? Because he's. We learned that in in my job. This is a uh, really. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, part of uh, academy. Yes. Um, well, basically, um, it's all all of these short. Punchy facts here from David D'Angelo, who who did meta-analysis. Mm, but he's not the original person. No. Um, 
No, but if, if, you, if anyone wants to know, then I'll be more than gladly to find the original I source. I don't think anyone <laughs> wants to know. And then this one, uh, Christina, you're, you're particularly interested mm. about this one. Do you want to read this one out? Apparently, the female orgasm has a purpose to retain up to twice as much sperm from a male because if they're raped, obviously they won't have an orgasm. So oh. they have less sperm so they won't it's get It's almost pregnant. like ducks have a similar mechanism, actually. Um, ducks have... Um, in their, in their lady parts, um, ducks have a, they have, it's, like, it's almost like a maze, and the male, the male <laughs> duck has to get his, his penis to go into this How maze. How do you of the know duck. this? Because I researched it. <laughs> <laughs> so the male, the male duck has to uh, get, get his uh, penis round into this maze, and that's, so if a woman, if a woman duck's being raped, as it happens a lot with ducks, um, and with many animals actually, uh, then, the, then the woman duck can change change the shape of her lady part so that uh, change the, the shape yeah, <laughs> oh my god John it's all true I swear and so this is a, so humans have a similar system with the female orgasm female orgasm also allows extra lubrication as well um, so 50% 50 to 90% why would you need lubrication sperm, after you've had an orgasm not oh. after during I, I have no idea but uh, <laughs> you women come on answer this you're women you should know no, I just think that's counterproductive if that's like what's it what it's supposed to be doing. Mm. Like you're kind of like finished then. Well, well, D Darwin's clearly made a mistake here, so. <laughs> Darwin. So we just Darwin. have to, you know, that Darwin. From, from the Wonder Show, we're asking to rewrite history. Right. Uh, so, yeah, 15 to 90% of uh, sperm Darwin is retained. Darwin orgasms. Wasn't he busy? Like never doing mind, all the mind. other stuff. Moving on, moving on. Um, attraction isn't a choice. I think this is a fairly obvious one. Just like sexual orientation has proved not to be, and anyone who says it is is wrong. Um, and women, uh, and this is in terms of stereotypes, women like to go for resourceful men who uh, have a good personality, but men, the research has shown you're all quite shallow, um, or rather <laughs> man. <laughs> um, but basically they like to go for girls who are young and attractive, and uh, personality matters less to them than it does for girls. I think it still matters, as many guys will agree, that for relationships uh, they want a good personality, but for just sex, um, personality doesn't matter much at all, according to the research. Uh, so, uh, what do you think about this, girls? Would you say you go for a resourceful? Like to go for a resourceful man? Define resourceful, John. Like, what are they? Res what successful are in life, high social oh, yeah. economic yeah, status. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. My best friend from back home is trying to set me up with a guy who she's described as having no GCSEs and no job. And what to is me, that is very, very unattractive. That's Why not would even, she be? Not that's not a good best not friend. Being resourceful shows that you don't have passion. Yeah, and I don't think it's even or you know, dedication or commitment. Yeah, and I don't think it's even just being a snob. I think it's just you want someone who's done something with their life and exactly. who's not just sit on their bum all day. And realistically, where would you? Where would this end? Like, a lot of my friends at uni, you know, date guys who like didn't go to uni or like didn't finish their A levels, and I'm like, okay, so you're gonna be whatever. Like, we study psychology, so you're gonna be a psychology researcher, and they're going to be bartenders. Like that's but some people, as I mentioned last week in the interview, some people only want that and they're perfectly happy to do that. So I think people all... settle easily. They don't want that. Yeah, they just definitely. don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, we're going to be uh, going on to the next song now, Only Girl in the World by Rihanna. Ladies and gentlemen, for the final time, please welcome your hosts to the stage 
before take me out. So that was from uh, Take Me Out, which was hosted by the University of Manchester on Thursday night. It was really good fun. And yeah, there was some really interesting things come out of it. Um, for example, one of the one of the guys that was uh, meant to be choosing. Do you want to go into this? Because you yeah. were on the stage as yeah, well. Yeah, I was uh, actually on the stage for this event. And uh, one of the guys who was doing the choosing had slept with about half of the ladies who were also behind the, well, usually behind the lights, but behind the balloons in this case. And about half the ladies in the audience, which I've got to say is probably about over 100 people. Um, Something like that. But there's a lot of guys. Um, there, uh, there's this programme I was watching. <laughs> I, know, I know, it's going to be all of these again. Uh, it was uh, something like um, Embarrassing Teenage Bodies or something like that. And there's this one guy who'd slept with over 100 women. Um, and there's a lot of cases I've heard about of this, so it's not that uncommon. But uh, it's not super common either, thank goodness. Otherwise, <laughs> we wouldn't be doing much else. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think most guys wishes it was more common. Yeah. What well, guys would wish. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Um, yeah, and the final point I just want to make is, is that, um, again, referring to animals... No, John, uh, <laughs> no more ref- references to animals, please. A different point. Take me out. I went to a take me out, too, in Hume. It was really cute. They told embarrassing stories, and one of the guy had to drink a dirty pint... Um, and threw up in it three times, but finished it. Oh, on stage. No, God, this is him retelling a story. This really good radio material. (laughs) (laughs) Really good, isn't it? Um, One of our points, actually, that we're not going to have time to get to completely, but it says here um, to talk about our first loves. Now we don't have time to talk about it, but I do want to give a shout out to mine. Hello, Mr. Allen. I know you're out there listening to me. And to Holly Elliott, Aww. who's uh, just got in touch, saying uh, that uh, she's been with uh, the only the only love of her life, um, for Sam, for six years since she was 13 as well. So congratulations to those two. Six and uh, that's wow. the end of the show. My friend Morgan Thank you. has so, done that. It's incredible. That's, that is impressive. Mm. And that's the end of the show, everyone. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back same time next Saturday. From the University of Manchester Students' Union, this is the...